0: Hi everyone, welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to this year's Oscars. I'm Nick Rurkraut.
1: And I'm Sophia Simonello.
0: And today we're back with one of our biggest episodes of the year, one of the most fun as well. We're doing our 2024 movie preview special. So we'll be going over as many movies as possible that are being released in the coming year. Some that we talked about last year on this episode that have gotten delayed and others from this award cycle, festival season, things that have been delayed until this year. So we'll be doing some repeats, but a lot of new movies, lots of returning IP, lots of things that we're going to have fun talking about.
1: Yeah, this is one of my favorite episodes that we do every season, I think because it's usually very silly. It gets us ready for not just next year's Oscar season, but You know, movies that we might get to see at festivals, some of the sequels coming out, new IP, and getting to just see what's coming, see what's ahead. And 2023, like we talked about last week, was such a fabulous movie year. I loved so many movies from it. And this year, 2024, is not looking as bright. So we'll get into that, I think, as we go through the list. But it's so funny you mentioning delays. We have never had an iteration of this episode without delays and we're on the what fourth round of this
0: oh yeah looking back at our list from last year there were so many awards players on that list that I'm really surprised that we mentioned or knew about that early like even passages or obviously the color purple but the holdovers how do you live slash the boy and the heron and this year yeah like you said This list makes me so nervous because I don't see these movies playing in a way that a lot of these did on our list from last year.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned how we break everything into categories year by year. And this year, I think it was harder to create the possible Oscar contenders list because so much of it, and you guys will see once we end up getting to that category, it kind of ended up being a catch all. It was like maybe things that could come out of festivals. TBD releases, things that are going to neon. It's a lot of guesswork. So, I think let's just get started with our first category, which is delayed from 2023. Now for these, these films that we go through, they will either be films that were delayed because of the strike or films that came out at festivals but either didn't have a distributor or were held until 2024. So our first one here is The Book of Clarence. This comes out January 12th. So by the time this episode airs, this will be out in theaters. This is James Samuel's follow-up to The Harder They Fall, which won the BAFTA for Outstanding Debut. This stars Lakeith Stanfield, James McAvoy, Benedict Cumberbatch, Tiana Taylor, Alfre Woodard. And this is a biblical epic. Have you seen the trailer for this?
0: I probably have. You saying biblical epic just makes me think of The Robe and some of the older films that we've covered.
1: Exactly. That's why I laughed, because the second I saw the trailer, I thought Nick needs to see this, given how many biblical films we've randomly covered, (laughs) like Ben-Hur and The Robe. So yeah, it looks very creative, though, and outside of the box. And the trailer was definitely interesting in, I think, how it's telling a religious or biblical story in a way that I think probably hasn't been done before, so I'm curious to see what the reception to this
0: one looks like. And then just to mention some old films that are finally getting theater re-releases, all of those animated Disney films that we got during the pandemic that went straight to Disney Plus, Soul, Turning Red, Luca, those are all going to be in theaters pretty soon, which I'm happy about. I think Soul is actually coming out this week. And then the movie that I won't shut up about, How to Have Sex, was long listed for I think six BAFTAs which is crazy insane wonderful this will be released by MUBI on February 2nd
1: I can't wait to see it it's been playing in the UK and I was going to see it when I was over in the UK but I chose to go to the rep screening of the 400 blows instead so I will see it here when it comes out I'm really looking forward to it we also have Bob Marley, One Love, which is coming out February 14th, Valentine's Day. This is the Bob Marley biopic starring Kingsley Benadir, and it's directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green, who did King Richard. This is a big one, I think, to keep an eye on, also just in terms of next year's award season. We know how biopics about musicians um, can tend to play, and with this delayed release, I think we could maybe see Kingsley Benadir in the best actor conversation next year.
0: But we were talking about that for this award season, so I'm worried the late delay is like taking it out of the race and that it's not one of those kinds of movies. That's my only worry, unless there was a different sort of reason for why it was delayed.
1: I know. It's hard with these two because you can get something like Bohemian Rhapsody or Judy, which leads to a Best Actor, Best Actress win, you know, Maestro, that could lead to one this year. Or you could get I Want to Dance with Somebody, which we talked about, and that didn't, you know, go anywhere. Or Respect, Jennifer Hudson didn't end up getting that nomination. So it really is hit or miss. It depends. But I think, though, Kingsley Benadir has been putting in really great work, and I'm Hopeful that this is good. We also have, I'm really excited for this one, Drive Away Dolls coming February 23rd. This is Ethan Cohen's solo directorial debut. This stars Margaret Qualley, Geraldine Viswanathan, Matt Damon, Pedro Pascal, Coleman Domingo. Great cast. Um, This is described as a road trip to Tallahassee gone wrong when friends cross paths with criminals. This sounds right up Cohen's alley. And he mentioned that it was also inspired by his favorite 70s exploitation romance films, which has me very excited. It's so funny that as the Cohen brothers split and decided to take on their own projects that the older brother did the most oldest sibling thing possible, which is direct a very serious Shakespeare adaptation and the younger sibling went with the comedy.
0: But yeah, the premise behind it really matches what they've done together collaboratively for years. So I am excited for this. And it feels a bit lighter too, which I like when they do that, like burn after reading those kinds of movies. Okay, next up. My most anticipated, obviously, Dune Part 2 coming out March 1st. I didn't think this release date was real, but it is happening so soon. We mentioned this last year, and then it was delayed later in the year, but all of the returning cast members, minus is Oscar Isaac, I assume, with Florence Pugh, Austin Butler, Leia Seydoux, and Christopher Walken... We have multiple trailers now. We have random reviews that are really stellar. I don't know if we can believe those or not.
1: Where are you on the internet? Where are you finding these
0: <laughs> things? But I'm excited. <laughs> I can't wait. I need this in IMAX immediately.
1: I hope that it's really good. I'm very excited for Leia Seydoux and Austin Butler. Uh, Especially Austin Butler. I've been listening to the audiobook on my commute. And I've said this before, but I think that part two is so much more exciting than part one in terms of what's covered in the book. So, yeah, I'm hopeful that this is going to be, you know, action-packed. And, I I mean, we know it's going to be beautiful. I'm curious to see how Timmy really cranks it up. Because it's a very different kind of Paul, I think, than... What we saw in the first part. I am skeptical of Florence Pugh as the casting for this character, but she was great as Amy. That was the first in Little Women. That was the first time I understood that character. So maybe I will be proven wrong. But either way, this is going to be a huge movie and we will be talking about it for several
0: months. At least another year, whether you'd like to or not. But I think in some capacity we will. In terms of runtime, it's only 11 minutes longer than the first one, so this one plays at 2 hours and 46 minutes. So it is right there with the ERA's world tour. (laughs) I don't want to hear any complaints.
1: (laughs) The ERA's tour is longer (laughs) than Dune.
0: Yeah, exactly. Next up is a movie called Femme, which is on the BAFTA long list in leading actor for George Mackay. This originally premiered at the Berlin Film Festival last year, but it has been out in UK cinemas, and it will be released in the U.S. on March 22nd. So it's about a character played by Nathan Stewart Jarrett. I loved him in Misfits. He is dressed in drag one night and is assaulted by the George Mackay character. They both later meet in a sauna, and Nathan Stewart Jarrett's character seeks revenge. So definitely an intriguing premise. I am excited to see this one.
1: Next we have, we're really pivoting here, Um, Godzilla (laughs) and Kong, The New Empire, which is coming out April 12th. This is directed by Adam Wingard and is a follow-up to Godzilla v. Kong, which was shortlisted for VFX. So we could end up needing to see this. I had a nice time with Godzilla v. Kong, even though it's maybe not a good movie. I thought it was, I don't know. If it's a Godzilla movie, it's very much like, turned my brain off fun
0: when i originally watched this trailer the pink spine or whatever was so off-putting but then i saw godzilla minus one and realized like the blue light and the flame the fire that was the reason for it so i guess it's in the lore will i see this willingly no but (laughs) maybe if i'm bored one night or If they do wait until next year when it's on the long list for visual effects, maybe then. But next up, we have Challengers. This is a Luca Guadagnino film. This had so much buzz when it was announced and when that trailer hit, and then it got delayed, sadly, because of the strikes. But it is coming out on April 26th, starring Zendaya, Mike Feist, and Josh O'Connor, So in terms of the premise, the Zendaya and Mike Feist characters are together, and she's actually a tennis player-turned-coach and has turned him into a world-famous Grand Slam champion. So at some point, he ends up having to play a challenger event, which is like not a good thing, but it ends up being against the Josh O'Connor character, who is her ex and his former bestie. So the whole threesome idea of this movie and the drama within that, this is going to be so much fun. I can't wait for this.
1: It sounds trashy and delightful. I'm excited. Anything (laughs) like that, like the tennis world in itself, it really is the perfect setting for Smut, I think, also. And (laughs) Guadagnino, as a director, I feel like is sort of perfect for this environment and this sort of story. And have you seen the trailer with Rihanna's s in it?
0: I don't know if I have. I've tried oh to stay away to keep away from spoilers and seeing what it's really like.
1: I saw it when I saw Anyone But You. It played in the theater. And it was the first time where I really thought, okay, I'm excited for a 2024 movie. <laughs> this is my Zendaya film of choice going into 2024. <laughs>
0: And Guadagnino just having fun, finally. Like, we get all these serious movies from him, but this, at least, even if it has that serious tone, it's just a fun concept, so I'm I'm all in.
1: Definitely. Next up, we have The Bike Riders, which is coming out June 21st, right before our birthday's cancer season. This movie has had quite the release journey. So this is the film by Jeff Nichols, It's based on a series of photographs of a Chicago biker gang that stars Austin Butler, Tom Hardy, Jodie Comer. I first saw this movie at Telluride, and initially it was scheduled to be released in December of 2023, but then it was taken off the schedule completely um, due to the strike. Then later it was kind of in question of who the distributor actually was going to be, and then Focus Features acquired the global distribution rights, and then it got delayed to June of 2024. So I honestly don't know what you'll think of this film, but an exciting thing is that it was filmed in Cincinnati. Um, I'm mostly excited for you to hear Jodie Comer's accent.
0: This is a trailer I've seen, and okay, I am somewhat questioning myself, but this is another one where we've heard a lot of mixed reviews on, some really high positive reviews, and then some mid ones. So I'm not really sure who to believe, but it does look pretty. Love a road movie. And yeah, we'll see how the actors are. I know you saw this, but from the trailer, the Tom Hardy character, the Jodie Comer character, TBD.
1: Yeah. Um, Austin Butler's the best part of the movie. He looks incredible and will be shortlisted for our hottest (laughs) characters of the year episode (laughs) next year. Um, Another movie that was delayed from last year was *Craven the Hunter. This is the Aaron Taylor Johnson, Ariana DeBose film where he plays Craven the Hunter and you really just need to look at the poster and you will understand why I'm halfway <laughs> looking forward to
0: it. <laughs> I had no idea what this was. I didn't know this was Marvel. Also, that pairing is odd. Also, Russell Crowe, Christopher Abbott, who we'll mention later. Next up is Problemista, an A24 movie directed, written, and produced by Julio Torres. It's also co-produced by Emma Stone. But Julio also co-stars alongside Tilda Swinton. I was so excited to see this last year. It was actually out in theaters for a little bit before it got pulled. But this originally opened at South by Southwest and then was delayed due to these strikes. This trailer was one of my favorites from last year. Mm -hmm. It looks incredible and weird and they look like a great duo.
1: Yeah, I was sad it was taken off the schedule and delayed indefinitely because one it has a very kooky bushwick looking (laughs) tilda swinton in it so i think that's recent enough to go see it (laughs) we also have a few films from festivals that will get releases um, in the u.s and in other countries in 2024 so we have la chimera that's coming out march 29th limited this is the alice roerbacher film with josh o'connor We also have Evil Does Not Exist, the new Hamaguchi film that will be released in Japan in April. And I think we can expect a U.S. release date around that time at some point. Janet Planet, this was at a few festivals in the fall, but this is undated for 2024. This is an A24. We also have Woman of the Hour. This is Anna Kendrick's directorial debut that premiered at TIFF. Netflix will be distributing this film. We have Lee, the... Kate Winslet film, where um, she plays the model-turned-World War II photographer. And this premiered at TIFF. It doesn't have a distributor yet, but it's probably coming out in 2024. We have Firebrand, which comes out June 21st. Um, This is the Alicia Vikander and Jude Law, Henry VIII drama that I know you cannot wait to see. (laughs) Uh, I believe Hell of a Summer will also be on the release calendar this year. This is Finn Wolfhard's directorial debut. And this is a comedy horror film. It premiered at TIFF. Speaking of TIFF films, we also have Seven Veils. This one is really exciting to me, given the premise. It's by Adam Agoyan and stars Amanda Seyfried. It reminds me of Tar, in a way. Mm. But in the world of opera and theater directing so i'm really excited to see that and i know i didn't hear much we didn't hear too much about it out of festivals but i feel like that could be one that i really like and then lastly hitman which people loved at the new york film festival i know Um, netflix picked this up and they held it for 2024 it's undated at the moment but i can't wait to see glenn powell playing all of these different characters it's so exciting
0: I think this would be a great summer blockbuster. It doesn't almost feel like an awards player, except for maybe Glenn Powell in some fun actor categories, but it is a great movie. Audiences are going to love this, and I'm excited to rewatch it. I'm excited for more people to see it. Next up, just a couple other Oscar movies that could be nominated because they're on the shortlists with a wider release. That's The Taste of Things, France's Submission, opening February 9th, The Monk and the Gun from Bhutan on February 9th, and Io Capitano, Italy's submission on February 23rd. So now just for some festival releases, mostly out of Sundance and Berlin, because those are happening very soon, Sundance later in January, and then Berlin in February, but some of these, A Different Man, who will be distributed by A24, this is at Sundance, this is about Edward, played by Sebastian Stan, who undergoes a facial reconstructive surgery and becomes fixated on an actor, played by our favorite Renata Reinsva. She's in a stage production based on his former life. So it's kind of an interesting premise.
1: Yeah, I like that pairing, too. And someone needs to save Sebastian Stan from whatever he's doing, aka playing Trump, um, in that Oh. upcoming project that will will not be we will not be going into here but this sounds like a much better avenue for him. We also at Sundance will have Love Lies Bleeding. This was directed by Rose Glass, who did Saint Maud, which I really loved, and stars Kristen Stewart. The premise here, Lou is a reclusive gym manager who falls hard for Jackie, an ambitious bodybuilder who's headed to Vegas to pursue her dream. Their love soon leads to violence as they get pulled deep into the web of Lou's criminal family.
0: Another festival release is His Three Daughters with three actresses that I love, Carrie Coon, who might be in The White Lotus Season 3, which is amazing casting. So her, Natasha Leone, and Elizabeth Olsen. This will be distributed by Netflix, and it did play at TIFF last September. It is a quote, tense, captivating, and touching portrait of family dynamics, unquote.
1: I feel like Sean Durkin will watch this movie and think, I need to cast Natasha Lyonne in something because (laughs) I've cast Elizabeth Olsen. I've cast Carrie Coon. Now it's Natasha's time. Another Renata Reinsva project coming. We have Handling the Undead. Anders Danielson Lee will also be in this. That's really exciting. Another potential hottest character's submission here. Um, This is based on a book by the same author of Let the Right One In. And all we know so far is that the general premise is the dead start to awaken in Oslo. So yeah, I'm excited for this reunion for sure.
0: The trailer's out for this. It looks very spooky and very different than The Worst Person in the World, but I am excited for this one as well. One out of Berlin is called Cuckoo, directed by Tillman Singer, the stars Hunter Schaefer, Jessica Henwick, and Dan Stevens. It's about a seventeen-year-old girl who is forced to move in with her family to a resort where things are not what they seem.
1: That's interesting because Jessica Henwick was in the Royal Hotel and she ends up going to this really remote hotel where well. <laughs> things are not what they seem. So I think she's she's found her space, maybe. <laughs>
0: This next one is also at Sundance and Berlin, but it's called I Saw the TV Glow. It's about two teenagers who bond over their shared love of a scary television show, but the show gets mysteriously canceled. It stars Justice Smith, Helena Howard, and Daniel Deadweiler. Great premise, but it's also by the filmmaker who made We're All Going to the World's Fair, which I kind of felt similarly about, like, Skinnamarink. So we'll see how this one plays at the festivals.
1: Okay, I actually still haven't seen that one. It's been on my list for some time, but I'll be sure to watch it before I see this one. Do you remember what, Hel- what Helena Howard was in the film Madeline's Madeline?
0: Oh stop! <laughs> oh boy.
1: <laughs> Which you and I That's really just <laughs> no, but she was quite good in that movie. She was very committed. But I just remember feeling very, very much like I, I wanted to get out of that experience. She's she the very lead? Quickly. Yeah, she's the lead. Okay, okay. Remember her like doing those exercises where she's pretending to be a cat?
0: Only vaguely, but not really. What a
1: strange, what a strange, strange, strange film. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a film called The Outrun at Berlin. The stars Saoirse Ronan. She's also a producer on the film. And the premise here, after living life on the edge in London, Rona attempts to come to terms with her troubled past. She returns to the wild beauty of Scotland's Orkney Islands, where she grew up, hoping to heal. So this could be a big project for Saoirse Ronan. And after Faux, which didn't really pan out well for her, and Ammonite, I think I just want to see her in something that reviews really well and, uh, and that people really like.
0: Next, we have Spaceman which is also at Berlin. It's releasing on Netflix on March 1st. This stars Adam Sandler, Paul Dano, and Isabella Rossellini. The trailer to me, or the teaser of what we have, feels like Robert Pattinson's High Life meets Adam Driver's 65. I am really confused how this is going to be. This is like Adam Sandler trying to be serious, like from Uncut Gems, but I really don't know.
1: Well, I mean... I like a space movie that's a little bit more out there. Like, I loved high life. <laughs> I the weirder they get, the more I'm invested. So mm-hmm. I mean, I love that Isabella Rossellini is in it. I think that's that's just thrilling. I love when she disappears like she did in Marcel the Shell with shoes on or La Chimera. I think she's just a wonderful presence. So yeah, this one, I'm I can't wait to see what people think of this. And we will see it pretty soon. We might have a sci-fi double with Spaceman and Dune part two. Right. Both coming out March 1st. Okay. Next we're getting into, I think, one of our favorite categories that we do on this episode, which is called fun or potentially chaotic releases. In the past, we've covered films like 80 for Brady, Fire Island. I mean, all sorts of films that we've ended up loving. Uh, but also that are, like, pretty silly. You know, a fun time at the movies. First, we have Mean Girls, (laughs) which comes out January 12th. This is based on the Broadway musical, and we recently just did an After Dark episode in our Patreon about Mean Girls from 2004, celebrating its 20th anniversary, so go listen to that if you'd like. Uh, But I... I don't know. I think this could possibly be a train wreck but would still be fun. I think best case scenario, it's just a really fun time at the movies. Worst case scenario, it just doesn't work.
0: They are prepping for the premiere at AMC Lincoln Square as we speak, but I hope audiences enjoy this one.
1: We also have Lisa Frankenstein coming February 9th, which I feel like I've seen this trailer now for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks really fun. This is directed by Zelda Williams and written by Diablo Cody. It stars Catherine Newton and Cole Sprouse. And the general premise here, a misunderstood teenager in a reanimated corpse embark on a murderous journey to find love, happiness, and a few missing body parts. So very, like, comedy horror, um, a bit dark. I think it could be a bit campy. Diablo Cody, of course, wrote Jennifer's Body, so anything that's kind of in that realm I usually like. And I love the title because it also makes me think of Lisa Frank and all of those pastels and neon colors.
0: The trailer and the title card for it also makes me think of that, but also there was a video that Nina West did, the drag queen, who like had an original song named Lisa Frankenstein. So I, when I first heard about this, I was like, "Wait, what? What is this? Is this like a live action narrative feature of that music video?" <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> Next, we have two movies about imaginary friends and teddy bears. Very different films. Very, very different. One is Imaginary, <laughs> releasing on March eighth by Bloomhouse. So horror aligned. It's about a woman who returns to her childhood home to discover that the imaginary friend she left behind is very real and unhappy that she abandoned him. The poster, if you've seen this, there's just like a big teddy bear and that's it. And then the next one is called If coming out May 17th. This is part live action, part animated, but John Krasinski is directing and co-starring, potentially voicing. It's Hard to know on the cast list who is a character and who's voicing one of these ifs, aka imaginary friends, but it's about a young girl who starts to see everyone's imaginary friends left behind. It's a much more fun comedy aligned than scary.
1: It's just funny that we have these two movies coming out within two months of each other.
0: For totally different people. And in If, Steve Carell voices the big purple teddy bear just to give you more context on how much you can't wait to see this movie
1: (laughs) this belongs in this category like you did a great job pairing these two and I think you know maybe for post-oscar season we need to explore doing this double on the show (laughs) (laughs) or an imaginary friends episode
0: (laughs) oh boy really gonna have to strap in for that one
1: Uh, speaking of that the next two very different here we have arthur the king which comes out march 22nd Uh, this is about an adventure racer who adopts a stray dog named arthur to join him in an epic endurance race this is a mark Wahlberg dog movie and let me tell you when i was in ohio this trailer played and the audience was enraptured they were very excited about this sweet dog movie
0: Okay, the next one we have is The Idea of You, coming out May 2nd. It's directed by Michael Showalter, remember The Eyes of Tammy Faye, starring Anne Hathaway and Nicholas Galatine, based on the book The Idea of You by Robin Lee, but it's about a 40-year-old single mother, I'm assuming Anne Hathaway's character, who is chaperoning her teenage daughter's trip to Coachella and begins an unexpected romance with the 24-year-old Hayes played by Nicholas, the lead singer of August Moon, the hottest boy band on the planet. Now this is absolutely chaotic and fun and I cannot wait for this.
1: I need this desperately. Are you familiar <laughs> with this
0: book? No. Not oh my at god, all. okay.
1: So the idea of you, it's a book by Robin Lee that is essentially Harry Styles fan fiction. And <laughs> the way that it mimics in a way, like this story is sort of like the Olivia Wilde, Harry Styles relationship.
0: Oh my god.
1: (laughs) I need to see it (laughs) now. (laughs) And this book kind of got a second wind during the pandemic. Uh And it also like early days of COVID. But that was also prior to Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles. So it has taken on this sort of lore. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this has the potential to do really well because people I know are curious about this, and sometimes these sorts of book adaptations tend to do really well. Like Where the Crawdads Sing, for instance. It's going to be very chaotic, I think. I agree.
0: <laughs> I hope this is in theaters and doesn't go straight to streaming. I would love to see this in a theater.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also have The Fall Guy coming out May 3rd. This is directed by David Leach and stars Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt, two of our supporting players of this year's award season, and David Leach also made Bullet Train, which I didn't like too much. But Ryan Gosling, oh, I mean, I'll watch anything with Ryan Gosling in it. I guess like even even the bad stuff. Even I watched The Gray Man. I attempted to watch The Gray Man, let me be clear. Um, But this is where he he plays a stuntman who left the business a year earlier to focus on his physical and mental health. And he's drafted back into service when the star of a mega budget studio movie, which is being directed by his ex, goes missing. I think from the premise, it's clear why that movie was put into this category.
0: And also starring Aaron Taylor Johnson, right?
1: Is he in this?
0: Yeah, he's the missing actor, but also Hannah Waddingham.
1: Oh, wow. And Stephanie Hsu.
0: Mm-hmm. I just never, whenever I hear the title of this movie, kind of like the beekeeper, like <laughs> I've inquired <laughs> about what the movie was before so many times, yet every time I come upon this title, I never remember what it is. And my problem <laughs> here is that there's a video game called Fall Guys, but that is the only thing I think of when I hear the title. And the fact that it's about this action movie always confuses me.
1: You know, with The Beekeeper 2, I feel like this falls into schlocky, big, dumb fun. But I agree with you. I didn't really, I didn't know much about The Beekeeper until last week. So (laughs) I completely understand.
0: Next up, we have Pussy Island. This is Zoe Kravitz's directorial debut starring Channing Tatum and Naomi Ackie who we previously mentioned with, I want to dance with somebody. But this is about Frida, who's a young waitress in Los Angeles, who has her eye on tech entrepreneur Slater King. What a great character name for Channing Tatum.
1: That's a, it is a really good name <laughs> for him.
0: And then when she gets to go to an intimate meeting on his private island, she senses there's more to it than meets the eye. I have a feeling we we've already said this a few times, like, oh, they go somewhere, but it's not what they expected it to be. It's a lot of these premises. But I think the title is catchy, so I'm excited for this and for Zoe. She's always great.
1: Yeah, I really like her too, and she was my favorite part of the Batman.
0: The Batman 2 probably coming next year or later on, but Barry Keoghan, Zoe Kravitz, I love it.
1: And next we have Wizards, which is Pete Davidson, Franz Rogowski, stoner comedy. I... (laughs) What? (laughs) Um... So this is by the director of Animal Kingdom and The King, David Mashad and Joel Edgerton. Pete Davidson and Franz Rogowski as a pair. I'm intrigued because I can't quite see it yet.
0: I kind of need it. <laughs> like, I'm proud of Franz for doing this, especially after his big run with Passages. Mm-hmm. Next, we have an untitled Ana de Armas Twins A24 fantasy which sounds insane, but Nicholas Ash Bateman is directing. He was previously the VFX supervisor on The Green Knight, which we loved, but also Knock at the Cabin and Origin. So, kind of an interesting meld of VFX filmography. And David Lowry, also of The Green Knight, is producing. So, I do have a lot of hope for this. Plus, an Anad Armis twins anything. I'm so there.
1: And I know, like, Blonde was a difficult film, and there's a lot around that. But she is a really exciting actress. Like, I loved her in No Time to Die when she was in it for, what, five minutes? Mm -hmm. So I think this is kind of a perfect fit for her. And I'm happy she's doing something other than a Joyce Carol Oates adaptation directed by Andrew Dominic. The next one on here is, I think... I was just so excited to put this on here. Just the prospect of getting this movie. You know, every year we get an autobiographical film from a director, it seems. And next year, it's looking like we're going to get a movie called C'est Pas Moi, which is the autobiographical film of Leoš Carex, famously of Holy Motors and Annette. What on earth will it be like oh boy. if he's telling his story?
0: this could be so many different things. I didn't even know how to feel about this when I read about it, but I'm sure it'll be wild. I hope I love it. If it's anything like those two movies.
1: There are like no details around it either other than it's in post-production. So that makes me think, I wonder if it's going to can.
0: Next, we have a movie I didn't know was coming (laughs) until we got the teaser for it. It's called Horizon, an American Saga. This will be on Netflix, and hopefully in theaters, based on its structure and release strategy, but it chronicles a multifaceted 15-year span of pre- and post-Civil War expansion and settlement of the American West. Like, what an epic idea. And it is directed, produced, written by, and starring Kevin Costner. It's split into two chapters, so Chapter 1 is coming out June 28th, and Chapter 2 is coming out August 16th. I have questions. I need to know more. But you know how I feel about Westerns Mm -hmm. and historical epics? I'm scared for me.
1: Yeah. I'm worried for you, too. I have a lot of questions, but mostly about his new relationship with Jewel after his divorce. But this is effectively ending Yellowstone, which is a TV phenomenon of sorts. So the fact that he's going from Yellowstone to this. I mean, he he knows his zone, I guess. He's just staying in (laughs) this kind of Mm
0: -hmm.
1: meat and potatoes Western space, which, again, I can't wait for you to review this.
0: It's also starring Jenna Malone, Sienna Miller, Glenn Turman, Abby Lee, Luke Wilson, Sam Worthington, Giovanni Rubisi. An interesting, eclectic combination of actors I'm sure there's going to be like hundreds or thousands of extras and big battle sequences. Mm -hmm. This could be really good. This could be an awards player next year. And with Kevin having won for Dances with Wolves, like, you never know.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll have to cover Dances with Wolves. Um, Our last two here, we have Long Legs, which is going to be distributed by Neon. It stars Nicolas Cage and Micah Monroe. And... I'm excited for the premise of this. I actually didn't know about this until you put it in our doc, but it's an unsolved serial killer case with evidence of the occult. That is right up my alley, especially if it's really weird, like how Nicolas Cage can go, like with Mandy.
0: Oh, yeah. Did you see this teaser? No. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's a picture with voiceover of a recording that could be Nicolas Cage, but it's of a picture of a girl, and then at the very end, there's this script... That apparently spelled long legs in some other like arrival type language. And Ooh. then just a picture of this girl on the ground. You don't see her shoulders and up. She has four arms and long legs. And that's it. Oh. <laughs> like the weirdest thing great. ever. But the fact that it's neon, I'm really excited.
1: Well, and you know how I was complaining about new horror and how I really mm-hmm. want something. I want something really <laughs> scary and strange. Yeah. This could hopefully fill that void. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last one we have in this category is called The Amateur. This has an expected release date of November 8th. This is an espionage thriller starring Julianne Nicholson and Rami Malek.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Again, could be a big box office feature, but maybe has some like boring elements in it. Okay, next category we have, we're going into other big 2024 releases that are either IP or from franchises or just have big box office potential. My first one, I'm not sure of its release, but it's called Teacher's Pet. Did you ever watch this cartoon like Saturday mornings on ABC?
1: Wait, like the Disney
0: (laughs) cartoon?
1: Yes, (laughs) I did. With that little dog, with the crown?
0: With the dog. This is apparently, I had no idea this was coming, but it's like a feature story about the dog oh my god (laughs) (laughs) Very. I'm so nostalgic
1: right now because Mm -hmm. I fully forgot about this until you mentioned it because looking at the title I thought it sounded familiar but now just seeing this the picture of the cartoon I remember this fully Mm -hmm. oh my god
0: right (laughs) I don't know what's happening in the story but if it's gonna bring me back to like laying in front of the TV at 10am on a Saturday, then I'm here. Maybe it's going straight (laughs) to Disney+. Plus.
1: Yeah, that seems likely. But either way, you have my attention. This movie could have gone in the chaotic category for sure, because this is a film that I still don't necessarily believe is real. And that's Argyle, which (laughs) comes out February 2nd, and will be on Apple TV Plus at a later date. This is about an introverted spy novelist who's drawn into the activities of a sinister underground syndicate. This stars a number of people: Henry Cavill, Dua Lipa, Ariana DeBose, Catherine O'Hara, and Bryce Dallas Howard. You put this in the outline, and I can't agree more. We will finally stop seeing this trailer.
0: Thank the Lord.
1: Every year mm-hmm. there's one.
0: And I feel like I know that Argyle is the cat or like. They're gonna try to make some twist out of it, and I already know it because I've seen this trailer three thousand times. And I'm so over it. Like I'm happy for Dua Lipa. I thought this was going to be like getting her press for Barbie and new music with Houdini and her album coming out, but it kind of fizzled or the release date didn't match up. But friends are excited and I'll probably watch this on Apple TV Plus.
1: We also have Madame Webb coming February 14th. This stars Dakota Johnson, Emma Roberts, Sydney Sweeney. But the premise here, Cassandra Webb is a New York City paramedic who starts to show signs of clairvoyance. Forced to confront revelations about her past, she must protect three young women from a mysterious adversary who wants them dead. This is a Marvel movie that I will go see because I really do love Dakota Johnson. And from the trailer alone, I really don't think it looks that bad. I know that Marvel is in a weird stage right now. A lot of people are wondering, like, are we at the end of the comic book movie boom? But I will go see this one.
0: I wonder if it'll have a similar release or box office as Black Widow, just because it feels like an offshoot of Marvel series that we've had before. We've never seen them in these movies before at least like as leads maybe they've shown up as cameos or surprises and post credit sequences but yeah i know nothing about Madame webb in the marvel universe me either and then just throughout the year we're getting a lot of sequels and not just something two it's like something three four five or more it's kind of crazy but the first of these we're getting kung fu panda four on march 8th Yes, there were three others that came before this, and I've maybe only seen the first one or two.
1: I did not know that there were three others. I think I've, I've seen the first one, but that's that's it.
0: The first one came out in 2008, and it's been eight years since the last one came out. And then we're also getting Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes on May 24th. This is a 20th century release, but this is the fourth installment in the Planet of the Apes reboot franchise. We have Bad Boys 4 on June 14th, and 5 and 6 are already in development at Sony, so they're expecting this to be a big box office hit. Despicable Me 4 is coming out July 3rd. Have you seen those previous three films?
1: No, I've only seen Despicable Me.
0: One. What about Minions or any of the minion sequels? <laughs> Is that a no? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they all kind of run together for me,
0: but no, I know don't. I've seen
1: minions and I saw what was the 70s one? The
0: Rise of Gru?
1: I saw Minions: The Rise of Gru last year.
0: That was my scooter incident in the theater.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> All of the misbehaved children.
0: On a hot summer day, yes. (laughs) The thing about this that was interesting is I read about Universal's deal with different streamers and how they release their films. So their live action movies go to Prime and then Netflix gets their animated films, including Illumination and DreamWorks Animation. So all of them first stream on Peacock for four months and then they go to the other platforms for 10 months, and then they return to Peacock for four more months. And then after four years, Netflix gets Universal's full slate for new films. So I just thought that was interesting how these movies move around platforms and are released now and how things really have transformed in the streaming era.
1: Yeah, they really have. But one thing that's certain, this movie will make a lot of money. These movies always do well.
0: Oh, yeah. And especially
1: July 3rd.
0: Big weekend. Yeah. And we'll mention some other IP features coming out, but Deadpool 3 coming out July 26th. The next one in this saga, I don't know how many there are going to be, but this is Marvel once again.
1: Getting back into some other IP or like sequel releases we have, we have Ghostbusters Frozen Empire on March 29th. This is another trailer I think that has been played to death already, where New York just freezes over in the middle of the summer. I personally think that would be really nice. (laughs) But you know how I feel about the summer in New York. (laughs) I'm over it very quickly. But Carrie Coon, I support you. I will go see this just for you.
0: I didn't even see the last one, the newest Ghostbusters.
1: It's not great.
0: Didn't get nominated. Yeah, I've kind of just put them off. The next one we have is The First Omen coming out April 5th. This is not David Gordon Green like I maybe thought. They were teasing at in the last Exorcist with the little boy, but this will be the prequel to The Omen, the 76 film.
1: I just, I'm just begging everyone to stop. <laughs> I... <laughs> Can we please, please, yeah. please make new movies and stay away from these 70s horror films and just let them exist? I do think, though, this will be a good excuse or a good time for us to cover the 76 version, which is an Oscar winner and Mm -hmm. is very good. So I don't know, they've remade The Omen before. When we were in high school, there was a remake of it. And there have been sequels. So it's not like it's a property that has been untouched. But it's always funny to me when they release these Catholic horror movies around Easter, which is what's happening here.
0: We'll be talking about another next year. Don't you worry.
1: (laughs) Oh, I, I can't wait. I'm so, so excited to talk about anything that David Gordon Green makes.
0: Similarly to me, because I don't know how this will be, but it's Furiosa, a Mad Max saga, coming out May 24th. This is both a spinoff and a prequel to Mad Max Fury Road, one of my all-time favorite movies. But in terms of the trailer, it looks like the setup is similar to Fury Road because of how well that did at the box office, but also critically it won six Oscars, so it did really well with all audiences. I am hesitant, but because George Miller is still directing this, he's kind of held this whole franchise in his own hands, so I do trust him. He also did 3,000 Years of Longing, which did not have as high of praise, which is maybe where my hesitation comes from.
1: But he did Babe Pig in the City, which is my favorite of (laughs) his films. He's done so
0: many things. Go listen to our episodes on those, too.
1: Yes. (laughs) Speaking of talking animals, we are getting the Garfield movie on May 24th. This is different from Garfield the movie, which came out when we were growing up. (laughs) And this stars Chris Pratt, Samuel L. Jackson, and Hannah Waddingham. The trailer has already started playing for this, too, and it doesn't come out until May. Lovely. (laughs) (laughs) It starts out very cute, though. Little Garfield is spying on his owner eating at an Italian restaurant, and then he just comes in and scarfs everything down. The lasagna-eating cat.
0: Oh, boy. Next up, we have Ballerina coming out June 7th. This is a part of the John Wick franchise. It's a standalone story that takes place before Chapter 4, so that was the last one in theaters in 2023. The Ballerina was featured in Chapter 3, played by a different actress, but this will be played by Anna de Armas, and it's an assassin revenge plot.
1: Again, like we talked about with Anna de Armas, what a great fit for her.
0: I'm all in, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> How do you feel about Inside Out? Because we are getting Inside Out 2 this summer on June 14th.
0: I loved Inside Out. It instantly became one of my favorite Pixar films, but then they decided they're just... Tacking on stories to all of their pre existing material. And I didn't love that they were making a sequel to it. But I'm hopeful we have Maya Hawk playing this new character, Anxiety. So I'm hoping it's good because I love this universe.
1: I also think that that is a clever way to make a sequel to this movie, introducing like a new emotion or something that will come as the character grows up. And yeah, I think Maya Hawk is the perfect choice though to play Anxiety.
0: Next up, we have A Quiet Place, Day One, coming out June 28th. The plot has been kept under pretty tight wraps, but it's directed by Michael Sarnowski, who directed Pig. Not John Krasinski like the previous films, but this is an entirely new idea or a different part of the universe as we've seen already. So we have a new cast, we have Jimon man hun Alex Wolf, Dennis O'Hare, Lupita Nyong'o. I'm excited because I liked the previous films, and what Sarnowski did with Pig was also pretty still, but very character-heavy, so I, I usually like those kinds of movies.
1: Yeah, I loved Pig, so that has me more excited for this than if it were John Krasinski returning and just making a prequel. Next, we have one of my most anticipated movies of the year, actually, which is Twisters, coming July 19th. This is directed by Lee Isaac Chung and stars Daisy Edgar Jones, Glenn Powell, Anthony Ramos, Brandon Perea, Daryl McCormick, Maura Tierney. And this is an update to the 1996 film Twister, which centers a pair of storm chasers who risk their lives to test an experimental weather alert system. Twister was a TNT staple Mm -hmm. growing up. Like, it was always on, and I really liked it. So I'm excited that Lee Isaac Chung is doing this, too. He's an interesting choice for a film like this, I think, after Minari.
0: Yeah, these really highly praised critical directors, we'll mention another one later, doing a bigger film, but... I'm excited where he takes this material We had the VHS for this growing up I remember mm-hmm. but also you hadn't been to Universal right you've never been on like the twister ride no it's kind of fun it's different because it's more like an experience you like move on to these rafters that shake and drop as this like twister unfolds in front of you and you feel the air mm-hmm. and rain and whatever but it's funny you know I'm sure we'll see the cow floating. In the air oh, yeah. at some point. Next, we have Trap coming out August 4th. This is the next M. Night Shyamalan film with Josh Hartnett and Haley Mills. After Knock of the Cabin, I think I've just lost all hope and old from a few years ago. So I don't know. We don't have a trailer yet, but we'll see once that comes out.
1: If anything will get me excited, though, about an M. Night Shyamalan movie, it's Josh Hartnett putting him in the Hot cast. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) it's like he just thinks you may you may not trust me anymore after old and knock at the cabin and a few other missteps. But let me put in Josh Hartnett to try to get you back to theaters for me. Next, we have Alien Romulus, which is a standalone film set between alien and aliens between the events that take place in those movies. It's directed by Fede Alvarez, who also made Evil Dead and Don't Breathe. Did you ever see Don't Breathe?
0: I love Don't Breathe, but the fact that this takes place between those original films really confuses me with an entirely new young cast.
1: Yeah, so the the cast includes Kaylee Spaney, which after Priscilla, I really will support her in anything, um, Isabella Merced, David Johnson, and... Yeah, apparently, too. Like, Kaylee Spaney told Variety that the team that worked on Aliens, the James Cameron movie, came in to work on this movie. So, that's exciting. Hmm. I think that's a good sign.
0: Interesting. Next, we have two horror movies that I'm pretty excited for. One is Speak No Evil. I don't think we have a release date yet, but it's the American remake of the Danish horror film we had a few years ago. This one is starring James McAvoy, Mackenzie Davis, and Scoot McNary. One of the most terrifying movies I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. I I was going to ask you, because I couldn't remember if we had talked about it, if you saw the Danish version. And we watch a lot of horror. This is not for the faint of heart. It is brutal. Very violent. Very mean. I mean, I felt sick after I watched it.
0: I'm scared for any remake of an original that I really love or feels so fresh. This kind of reminds me of The Vanishing. Oh, which I love. Which is a a Northern European horror film Uh that is just terrifying. But yeah, I'm excited to see what comes of this.
1: Because it's American, I am wondering if they'll push it as far as the Danish version.
0: Yeah, exactly. I kind of fear that they won't to make it more acceptable for audiences. And Mm -hmm. I don't love that. The other one is Maxine, the conclusion in Ty West's horror trilogy, starring Mia Goth. So I'm hoping that maybe this is a little kookier than Pearl, but I think if, you know, he's going to finish with a bang, he's really going to take it there. So I'm excited. Mm -hmm.
1: I like the 80s look to it, too. Looks fun. Speaking of the 80s, we have Beetlejuice 2, which Beetlejuice came out in 1988, and we haven't had a sequel I'm almost surprised that it's taken this long for them to make a sequel, but this is directed by Tim Burton and stars Jenna Ortega, Catherine O'Hara, and Willem Dafoe.
0: There he is. Right
1: where he belongs. There he (laughs) is.
0: (laughs) They did have the Broadway musical, which I really, really loved, actually. It was more adult for a musical than I think Broadway is used to, but it felt really inventive with the material and... Hopefully there's some of that in this sequel as well.
1: But we're going to have to cover Beetlejuice 2 and Beetlejuice because maybe on After Dark because Beetlejuice won Best Makeup at the Oscars.
0: Ooh, so this could show up as well. Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Very possible.
0: Another movie that could really show up at the Oscars, the first one did in a very big way. This is Joker, Folia Du, coming out October 4th. Todd Phillips is returning In the director's seat starring Joaquin Phoenix as he beats and obviously Lady Gaga oh boy um this is also a musical and I am confused in the biggest way at what this is going to be but audiences are really looking forward to it
1: yeah I mean neither of us were fans of Joker we saw it together though so we're gonna have to see this together for sure oh no But what I will say is that I am somewhat excited for it just because Lady Gaga's in it and because I know what the press tour will be like. Imagine Lady Gaga talking about finding Harley Quinn. That is almost too good to be true. Like, that's (laughs) maybe thrilling. I can only imagine the things that she'll say. And, you know, this being a musical, too, with Joker, Todd Phillips leaned heavily into his king of comedy, Taxi Driver like those Scorsese films, and here it looks like he's making New York, New York. So we know what Scorsese film he wants to make this time.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just need like to hear about the crazy dreams Lady Gaga had because of what she had to endure and all of the crazy either mishaps or just drama. I, I yeah. need to see Lady Gaga and Joaquin Phoenix in an interview together. I feel like that is the most awkward pairing ever.
1: It really is, because what's happened that's so funny is, you know, first she was paired with Bradley Cooper, who...
0: Adores her. He really
1: seems to enjoy her and campaigning and, like, the entire, I think, like, press piece of a film release. Like, he's, he's really good with interviews and with promoting his movies. Then she had Adam Driver for House of Gucci, who I think is kind of a happy medium between Joaquin Phoenix and Bradley Cooper. Adam Driver does events for his movies. He will do Q&As no matter how much he looks like he doesn't want to be there. But he didn't give Gaga the same love, I feel like, on the mm-hmm. campaign trail that Bradley Cooper did. Walking Phoenix does not want to be anywhere near these things half the time, it seems. So this really is going to be interesting. I can't wait to see it. Not so much the movie, but just the release looks like.
0: yeah. I'm interested if, like, they both get nominated for actor. Like, how this plays with critics and award stuff, too.
1: Yeah. Another horror movie that we have that I'm really looking forward to. This is on... This comes out October 25th. It's Wolfman, directed by Lee Wannell, who made The Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss. And this stars Julia Garner and Christopher Abbott, who was recently confirmed as an addition to the cast. And I feel that Christopher Abbott is... Excellent casting for this part, and I'm excited to see this. I love these classic monster movies, so I think it'll be really good.
0: I have faith in Lee Wannell because of The Invisible Man, but I find it interesting that Universal is now redoing all of their original horror films like The Invisible Man, The Wolfman, Frankenstein, Dracula. So I'm sure we're going to be seeing many of those returning in the coming years. Next, we have Gladiator 2, this is going to be a huge release coming out November 22nd. Ridley Scott is returning to direct. It stars Denzel Washington, Paul Mescal, and Barry Keoghan. They have been upping their workout routines. We've been seeing those for months on social media. <laughs> so I'm interested. Gladiator did really well at the Oscars too. But again, these sequels, I just, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I'm incredibly intrigued. I like Gladiator and something with Denzel, Paul Meskel, and Barry Keoghan. I will be seated. My fear is that David Scarpa is writing this screenplay and he wrote Napoleon. So I have a lot of questions about the tone and (laughs) what Ridley Scott and David Scarpa are going for here, but we'll see. I'm optimistic. Next, we have a huge movie. This is Wicked or Wicked Part 1. I've seen both titles floating around for this. This comes out November 27th. Will this be good? Will this be cursed? We really don't know. John M. Chu is directing. It stars Cynthia Erivo, Ariana Grande, Jonathan Bailey, and more. The one thing I know for sure is that our friends Connor and Dylan McDowell will have to return for an episode to break this one down with us.
0: I feel like we should all go see the musical together before it comes out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we should. It's been years since I've seen Wicked.
0: I saw it for the third time last year, and I was higher on it this time. But yeah, I'm also very worried about the movie. I wonder like what effects it's going to have, if it'll be in for costumes, makeup and hairstyling, things like that at the Oscars too. I think it could play really well. But when they initially mentioned the split into two movies, I Mm -hmm. was immediately lower on the movie.
1: Yeah, and the hard part is that if it ends on Defying Gravity, you're ending the movie on such a high where it just doesn't feel like the right place to end it
0: for a film
1: format, you know?
0: Yeah, and then having to come back for part two, knowing that it's overall lesser than part one or act one from the musical... I wonder if people will come back or more people will want to either watch the first one if they hadn't seen it the year prior, you know, if we're looking at 2025 already. So I'm interested. I mean, big stars. I'm looking forward to hearing more about it and seeing like a real trailer. The next one we have is Paddington in Peru. I'm curious if they'll up the release date for this. So we get it in 2024. But Currently slated to be released November 8th in the UK and January 25th, 2025 in the US. This is Paddington on his next adventure as they visit their Aunt Lucy in Peru, but a mystery ends up sending them to the Amazon rainforest and up Peruvian mountains. So very wild. This isn't going to be directed by Paul King who did the previous ones, but rather Dougal Wilson, and this is his feature debut. So I'm very interested to see how he continues on with this series. Olivia Colman will be here, Imelda Staunton, Antonio Bandera. So big cast. I think this will do well at the box office, too.
1: And the last one we have here is Mufasa, The Lion King. This comes out December 20th, and it's directed by Barry Jenkins. Stars Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner, among others. There's a big question mark around this movie because it is Barry Jenkins his foray into, like, IP, like, Disney, franchise filmmaking. So I just want to see his vision come through. I love Barry Jenkins, and hopefully we see his signature stamps all over it. Hopefully some close-ups of those lions.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for Barry Jenkins, but I also was for Chloe Zhao. So we'll see how Disney lets him direct and run wild, so to speak, amongst the animals. Mm Mm-hmm. Next up, we have our biggest category, I guess most important, maybe in terms of the Oscars, but this includes other festival releases and potential awards players, and just movies by other directors who have been to the Oscars or been nominated before. So the first one here that I'm really excited about is Mickey 17. This will be Bong Joon-ho's first foray into space, and they actually changed the title from the book, which is Mickey Seven to this. So I'm curious like why that is there and really what we get. I am so excited to see his next movie though.
1: Yeah, me too. This cast is great. Bong Joon-ho working with Robert Pattinson is almost too good to be true. Next we have Civil War. This comes out April 26th. This is directed by Alex Garland and stars Jesse Plemons, Kirsten Dunst, and Kaylee Spaney. Premise here, in the near future, a team of journalists travel across the U.S. during a rapidly escalating civil war that has engulfed the entire nation. I really, really didn't like Alex Garland's last film, Men. It was one of my least favorites of that year. And I have to say, this trailer and the premise has me very worried about Civil War. Because it reminded me of like the leave the world behind... That type of film that just doesn't have much subtlety or nuance to it. It's just trying to make a big statement about American politics. I think right now we're at a point where everyone is trying to make their dystopian movie about the period between, I would say, the Trump presidency and COVID. And this feels very much like that. And I just don't really know if I trust Alex Garland to be the filmmaker to do that.
0: This is also A24's most expensive movie at $50 million. I'm here for Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons, you know, them reuniting on screen as a couple. But Mm -hmm. I'm also a bit weary of the material and like how real it feels. Like, do we need something that we're living
1: for me, like not just that, it's just Alex Garland's understanding of the US geography and politics seems rather limited to me, just in terms of Florida and California teaming up. It's just, it's quite odd. <laughs> Sounds like someone who's never lived here before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Next up is Back to Black. This is coming out May 10th. It is an Amy Winehouse biopic directed by Sam Taylor Johnson, starring Marissa Abella, Leslie Manville, and Jack O'Connell. I loved the Amy documentary we got a few years ago. I don't really know what to make of a biopic, but I'm hoping there's a lot of good music because it's about how she produced and created this album.
1: Yeah, I have a morbid curiosity, I would say, about this movie. I fear it's too soon for this movie to be made just because Amy Winehouse had such a tragic life and I feel like a documentary suits that more than this sort of biopic this soon. I will say that Marissa is fantastic in industry, which is one of my favorite shows on HBO. And we're getting a new season this year too. So everyone can look forward to that. I also, of course, love Leslie Manville. So I hope that the movie is good because she's in it as well. But this is directed by Sam Taylor Johnson, who is famously Aaron Taylor Johnson's wife. And she also directed him in Nowhere Boy, which is a biopic about John Lennon, where she first met Aaron Taylor oh, Johnson in 2009. So it connects to that. Um, so I'm, I don't know. I, and at that time, I mean, Aaron Taylor Johnson, he was rather young. He was 19 when that movie came out. So it's just kind of interesting. The, the lore of their relationship goes back to when she was working with him on the set of Nowhere Boy. So yeah, we'll see. But I know that when that came out, critics in the UK um, and the BAFTAs really liked it. So we could be seeing this stick around if it is good. Another movie that I am so excited for this year is Nosferatu coming December 25th. Great Christmas release. This is directed by Robert Eggers and stars Bill Skarsgård, Emma Corrin, Aaron Taylor-Johnson. Funny little connection there. And Willem Dafoe. The early stills we've gotten from this look incredible and I feel like Eggers is the perfect person to tackle this time period. I love how in-depth he gets in his historical research. Like for the Northmen, I was just so impressed by how much it felt like we were a part of that world. So yeah, I, I can't wait for this. Definitely one of my most anticipated for the year.
0: Yeah, me too. And after getting the lighthouse... Just knowing we're going to feel more of that grit and mysteriousness from Eggers that he does so well. I'm really excited for this. Yeah, those stills are coming very slowly. I mean, this is a late year release, but I cannot wait. It's going to be really dark. And I love a winter horror release. Mm
1: -hmm. I do too.
0: Our next movie is called Honora. It's being released by Neon. This is the next Sean Baker film starring Mikey Madison. She's one of my favorites. She was in Scream 5, but also a great show with Pamela Adlin, Better Things. Also in Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where she really blew up. But Honora is a comedy about sex workers shot in both upstate New York and Las Vegas so I'm definitely getting the vibes of like the Florida Project this great Sean Baker world that we always get the next one we have is Bird the rest of the movies I will mention also are TBD so ideally this year and hopefully not delayed but we'll see this is directed by Andrea Arnold with Barry Keoghan and Franz Rogowski. And Franz actually recently revealed in an interview on the red carpet that he's playing bird. So I assumed, (laughs) like, Andrea Arnold, she's directed these movies, like Cow last year, these nature documentaries about animals, but I'm Mm -hmm. assuming he's playing a character named Bird. So I'm intrigued. I'm definitely more intrigued about this now than I was previously.
1: Ooh, me too. And I really like Andrea Arnold so this is this is very exciting news for me. The next one we have is Blitz, Steve McQueen's World War II drama with Sir Sharonin and Harris Dickinson. Very excited for this.
0: yeah, I was somewhat devastated when this was delayed from last year one because of Steve McQueen. I mentioned him a few times on the pod recently, but we've also talked about Harris Dickinson with the Iron Claw and We love Saoirse, so I'm really excited for this as well. The next one is Flint Strong, directed by Rachel Morrison and written by Barry Jenkins. It stars Ryan Destiny and Brian Tyree Henry. It's the story of Claressa T-Rex Shields, a boxer from Flint, Michigan, who trained to become the first woman in her country's history to win an Olympic gold medal in the sport.
1: I like the team working here, too. Rachel Morrison also was the first woman nominated for a cinematography Oscar for her work on Mudbound. And again, anything with Barry Jenkins attached to it, I'm excited. I feel like this feels more in his wheelhouse probably than Mufasa. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Next, we have Holland, Michigan. And this was directed by Mimi Cave and stars Nicole Kidman and Matthew McFadyen. And it's a thriller centered on a woman who suspects her husband is cheating and enters into an affair of her own before learning her husband's true dark secret life. Affair in Nicole Kidman, sign me up.
0: Mm -hmm. Mimi Cave directed Fresh, which was on Hulu. I never saw that, did you?
1: I really didn't like it. But I think the premise here works better. That movie, I found to have just a lot of tonal issues, and it felt very mean-spirited. And I feel like I was just not on its wavelength. I also have trouble with cannibalism. It is just like an aspect of horror films that I have trouble with. And especially if you make some scenes somewhat comedic, it just I have I have a lot of trouble. So it might just be a me problem. Yeah, I really didn't like it.
0: The next one is Maria, Pablo Lorraine's next film about Maria Callas played by Angelina Jolie. I've had trouble with him in his last few films as well. So I'm not sure. But He really loves to focus on these really strong independent women. So it could be a big awards player, at least in like the indie spirits or different critics groups.
1: So I know that when Maestro came out this year, some people were upset about the Bradley Cooper, Jake Gyllenhaal rights thing to the film. And this is how I will be this year because. Faye Dunaway, for years, wanted to direct a Maria Callas film. And not that Faye Dunaway is the right person to direct a Maria Callas biopic, but I've had a lot of issues, I would say, with Pablo Lorraine recently. I didn't like Spencer. I didn't like El Conde. I think Jackie is successful. My fear here is that Stephen Knight, the writer of Spencer, is returning as the writer here. So I'm worried it might be might have similar problems that that film did for me but I mean Angelina Jolie the still that we have of her as Maria Callas she looks beautiful and I can't wait to see this because of her performance I'm sure I just I love her and I can't wait to see what she does in the role but yeah I mean this just a warning I will be talking about Faye Dunaway a lot again in our coverage of Maria, because the stories about her and Maria Callas are really interesting. She played Maria Callas on stage in a play called Masterclass in the 90s. So, yes, there's a lot there. Next, we might have our biggest question mark of 2024, in my opinion, and that is Francis Ford Coppola's Megalopolis. He alluded to an early 2024 release, which for me sounds like it might have a can premiere. I mean, we don't know yet, but The general premise here is an architect wants to rebuild New York city as a utopia following a devastating disaster. This film has a huge cast and I think I'm just worried again as to whether or not this will be a Coppola masterpiece. He has many, or if it will be a debacle. So we will see, I could see it being either of those. Honestly,
0: he's talked about wanting to do this movie for years. And then the problems with the production and now it coming out, somewhat suddenly it feels like. I'm so worried that it could be a disaster itself, but I'm really excited. I don't know. This sounds like a huge epic for him and him coming back. Mm-hmm. I'm into that.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Next up, we have Mother Mary, directed by David Lowry, starring Anne Hathaway, Michaela Cole, and Hunter Schaefer. It follows the relationship between a fictional musician and a famous fashion designer. Very high art, kind of like Carol, it sounds like. I would love that. David Lowry is very different, but I'm excited for this one.
1: I loved The Green Knight so much. I think David Lowry is incredibly talented, and if you attach these actresses, there is a lot to be excited about, especially with this premise.
0: Peter Pan and Wendy just throwing me for a loop, though.
1: Oh, we don't. I'm not counting that. (laughs) Next, we have Mother's Instinct. This is, as you described, Psycho Bitty Adjacent with Anne Hathaway and Jessica Chastain.
0: I need it. I want it. I'm excited. Sounds like neon A24 aligned. I don't know who has it, but a crazy housewife drama between Anne Hathaway and Jessica Chastain. Like, yes, please.
1: Did you see Eileen?
0: No, I still haven't seen it, but I want to.
1: Anne Hathaway is so fun to watch that I feel like we're going to get another side of that here in this film.
0: Exactly. That's everything I want. Yep. The next one we have is an untitled Joseph Kaczynski Formula One movie starring Brad Pitt, but after Top Gun Maverick, if this is anything like that with its star potential, its great use of sound and visual effects and practical effects. I think this could be a really big hit. Bigger than Ferrari was. Bigger than Rush was a few years ago.
1: Yeah. F1 is also having a moment right now. Mm -hmm. So I think it could be big. The next one I put on here purely as just a hope and a prayer. And that is (laughs) Paul Thomas Anderson's next film. (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot of rumors about this movie. And... It's shooting schedule. I've just been like looking all over the internet for more information (laughs) about this because also next year is supposed to be kind of a weaker year, and I want him to get his Oscar. So hopefully he can get it completed quickly. Right now, the only information listed on IMDb is that it's starring Rachel Taylor and Regina Hall, Um, also rumored to star Leonardo DiCaprio as well. So we will see what this is. It might not be until 2025, but I, I hope it's this year because I want another
0: PTA movie. The next one is Emmanuel by Audrey Dewan, who did Happening. It was a big French film that had kind of a weird release in different countries over two separate years, but it stars Noemi Merlant, Naomi Watts, and Will Sharp another eclectic cast but it follows a woman and the series of erotic fantasies that she entertains
1: one of the most exciting things about this one for me i mean in addition to loving happening is that rebecca zlatowski is a co-writer on the movie and she directed other people's children the french movie that ben and i really loved
0: i almost watched this on movie the other day i promise i will very soon i know how much you both love it but that is exciting
1: This next one is very strange. This is a neon release called The End. This is a Golden Age style musical with the last living family starring Tilda Swinton, Michael Shannon, and George Mackay. It's made by documentary filmmaker Joshua Oppenheimer, who made The Act of Killing and The Look of Silence.
0: Lots of things happening. I don't know what to make of this yet, but I feel like I could really love it. It sounds weird enough to be way out there, which I'm intrigued Mm -hmm. by. Speaking of way out there, Yorgos Lanthimos is returning with his next movie, Kinds of Kindness, which was previously titled And, starring Emma Stone, Margaret Qualley, Willem Defoe, All From Poor Things, Joe Alwyn, Jesse Plemons, Hong Chow, and Hunter Schaefer. Hunter's having a really big year too. She is. And with Hunger Games last year, so that's great for her. This one... It sounds like an anthology type of film with all of the characters playing three versions of themselves. So I'm really intrigued. I think Yorgos can tackle that kind of narrative really well. But there hasn't been too much released yet about the movie itself.
1: He's a writer on it too. It's not Tony McNamara who did the favor and poor things, So that'll be interesting. It might take him back to the maybe the darker tones of his earlier films so just something to keep in mind there um our next film is alto Nights, which stars robert de niro and deborah messing de niro plays one of two separate crime families in the mid 20th century who tried to assassinate the other in 1957 this is expected november 15th it's also based on a book by nick Pileggi and is co-written by nick peleggi who wrote wise guys which is the book goodfellas was based on
0: this could be a big awards player. There are so many big mafia films that we've talked about and have yet to talk about, but I don't know. It feels weird. Yeah. De Niro and Debra.
1: It kind of feels like vertical entertainment <laughs> to me, or, like a, a, or Bleecker Street, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Very AARP movies for grownups.
0: <laughs> the next one we have is Queer, which is another Luca Guadagnino film. He's adapting the Williams S. Burroughs novel with the same writer from Challengers, Justin Kuritsky's. This is a 1940s Mexico City drama with Daniel Craig, Drew Starkey, and Leslie Manville, with Sofia Coppola producing.
1: my gosh, Leslie's having a good good year too. Mm -hmm. The next one we have is one of my most anticipated, honestly, of the year. It's Girl State by Jesse Moss and Amanda McBain, who did Boy State. And there is a similar, completely similar event to Boy State called Girl State. And this one, it won't be set in Texas like Boy State. It's actually going to follow 500 teenage girls in Missouri at Girl State. So I'm excited to see how different it is and kind of comparing Boy State and Girl State. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one.
0: This will be at Sundance too, which is where Boy State premiered. And I really, really love that movie. So I'm Also really looking forward to this one. The next one we have is Death of a Unicorn, where a father-daughter duo, played by Jenna Ortega and Richard E. Grant, hit a unicorn with their car and bring it to a wilderness retreat of a mega-wealthy pharmaceutical CEO company.
1: Sounds bizarre.
0: Very weird. It sounds like A24, who is distributing it. So I hope it's wacky enough, kind of like Problemista that it doesn't hold back. I know people wanted dream scenario to go further. I didn't see that one, but I'm hoping it does then.
1: The next one we have is also a big question mark. This is The Way of the Wind, Terrence Malick's Jesus movie. Will, he's been editing this for so long. Oh, wow. Is this finally the year for The Way of the Wind?
0: Malick's recent films haven't hit as hard, so I'm interested how this will be sir ben kingsley is in it mark rylance but yeah i don't know malik tackles religion but never as directly as this so i'm interested the next one we have is the shrouds by david cronenberg it's about karsh an innovative businessman and grieving widower who builds a device to connect with the dead inside a burial shroud we just got a still from this film with Diane Kruger and Vincent Castle, but Guy Pearce is also in the cast. I think you're more aligned with Cronenberg. I don't know, recently have you been?
1: Yeah, I liked Crimes of the Future a lot. He's a weird, strange one. I have to say, I don't like Brandon Cronenberg's work, his son,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I still, I mean, I love Papa Cronenberg. He's the, hes one of the best. <laughs> So this is a weird, very strange concept and will probably be really gross.
0: The still I saw just looked like a bunch of TARDISes from Doctor Who in a field. I didn't really know what to make of it. They're like doors, though.
1: Yeah, it looks very, very strange. We'll see. It also feels like Can. I feel like he,
0: Mm -hmm. like Crimes of
1: the Future went there. Yeah. The next one we have is Juror Number 2. This is the new Clint Eastwood film, which he probably shot in two weeks. It stars Zoe Deutsch, Nicholas Holt, and J.K. Simmons. The premise here, family man Justin Kemp, who, while serving as a juror in a high-profile murder trial, finds himself struggling with a serious moral dilemma, one he could use to sway the jury verdict and potentially convict or free the wrong killer.
0: Sounds like Eastwood.
1: (laughs) Clint Eastwood is really all over the place, especially recently. What was the Mm -hmm. last one?
0: Not the mule. Oh God, the mule!
1: (laughs) (laughs) You definitely saw. Oh my God, there! And we had Richard Jewell, which did make an impact on the award season.
0: Cry macho,
1: cry macho. Yes.
0: (laughs) Our next one, we have Oh Canada by Paul Schrader, starring Richard Gere, Uma Thurman, and Jacob Elordi. It's about Leonard Fife, one of the 60,000 draft evaders and deserters who fled to Canada to avoid serving in Vietnam, sharing all of his secrets to demythologize his mythologized life. Sounds intriguing, but also like Paul Schrader.
1: Richard Gere and Jacob Elordi. I'm ready. That's a very, very exciting
0: Father-son combo or just two two lonely men meeting
1: so jacob Alordi's playing a young richard Gere.
0: oh okay this could be yeah two of your hottest characters of the year
1: <laughs> yeah i love both of them so much <laughs> our last one is another jacob alorty vehicle this is on swift horses this was directed by daniel minahan and stars daisy edgar jones jacob alorty diego calva It's also produced by Molly Asher, who produced Nomadland, so it might have a similar feel. It follows this newlywed couple, and they're starting their new life together after the husband returns from the Korean War, but then their life is upended when Lee's younger brother, Julius, comes into town, and then there starts this dangerous love triangle, and apparently... There are also scenes between Jacob Elordi and Diego Calva that Diego Calva has hinted at and called very hot. So I just thought you should know that. This is that one. This is this movie. That's
0: what I thought. Okay. I'm into it now.
1: Yeah. A lot, a lot to be excited for, but yeah. So we just ran through a lot of movies that may come out in 2024, may come out later in 2025, depending on the release calendar. But if you could pick Two movies to see tomorrow, which would you choose?
0: Because we're getting Dune so soon, I'm going to say Kinds of Kindness, the Yorgos film coming out, and Wizards, the Franz Pete Stoner comedy. (laughs) 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 I need to have a good time at the movies again. It's been too serious lately.
1: So I think for me, I'm not going to include the untitled PTA because that really is just a. An aspirational hope pick diction. I put on here that <laughs> might yeah hope diction that might not even happen so I think what I'm gonna do actually is pick oh Canada the Paul Schrader film because I want to see Richard Gere and Jacob Elordi in the same movie and okay I'm gonna cheat I'm gonna pick three and say Eggers' Nosferatu and David Lowry's new film Mother Mary
0: okay those are good ones too
1: mm-hmm I have confidence, especially in Eggers and Lowry. But wait, let's cross that all out. I actually just want to see Megalopolis. I need to know.
0: (laughs) I'm so scared, especially if it's soon. But yeah, I know. in terms of anticipated, this is like one of the biggest movies we've looked forward to, we may be getting in like the past decade. So we'll see.
1: We'll see. Next time on Oscar Wilde, we will be going back to 2023 releases and sharing our final Oscar nomination predictions. I can't believe we're already here. Yeah
0: (laughs) I can't believe it's time for Oscar nominations to happen and then our Oscar contender series. It's felt like a long season but also a really good season so I'm excited to like really dive into these and hopefully see a lot of our predictions, our hope-dictions. Come to light.
1: Yeah, me too. Well, thank you all for listening. If you like our show, please feel free to rate, review, and follow. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Oscar Wilde Pod. And if you really like our show, you can also find us on Patreon, uh, where we share our After Dark series. We just released one on the twentieth anniversary of Mean
0: Girls. And we'll also be updating our nomination predictions on our website at OscarWild.squarespace.com. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time.